Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace a podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to their communities. Eavesdrop into their conversations and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and their hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, and Dina Zaman, a Malaysian journalist and co-founder of Iman Research. This is She Talks Peace. Salam, everyone. This is Amina Rasul from the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, wishing everyone a fun day or fun night from the Philippines. My partner, Dina, is on holiday. In Malaysia, they have a very long Idil Fitir holiday, which I envy. Because in the Philippines, we're just given one day and then back to work. But anyway, even if it was only one day, I'm getting a little bit tired of listening to the news. All Philippine news sources are focused on elections, elections, elections. But, you know, I have been following the presidential candidates' promises on many issues. Education, for instance. Now, there's a coalition in the Philippines called Education Nation, and it's composed of 35 organizations and 21 education experts. And they ranked all the presidential candidates. I don't know if this will come as a surprise to many, but Vice President Lenny Robredo was given a perfect score, 10 out of 10, for her plans to address the ongoing education crisis in the country. Now, you have to know that these rankings were based on data, data-driven and fact-based research and monitoring of platforms and track records of presidential candidates on a 10-point education reform agenda. So not just promises, but track records. And according to the coalition, each candidate earned a point for every initiative platform that aligns with the goal of ensuring good education governance, conducive learning environment, and facilitating the empowerment of teachers in schools and high standards of learning for all. Now, how did the other candidates do? Okay, let's take a look. Senator Ping Lakson took second place with his fight for an adequate budget for education and for his Education Plus platform. 
Mayor Isko Moreno came in third with his impressive education aid and infrastructure projects and activities in Manila, where he's mayor. And they cited his Tunay na Solucion Mabilis Umaksyon Program for Education. Ferdinand Marcos Jr., on the other hand, cracked fourth. With the education measures he was able to push during his term in the Senate. But according to the coalition, while he has laid down some education plans, these lack the strategy needed to solve the education crisis. And edu- education crisis we really do have in the Philippines. Now you're asking this is She Talks Peace. Why am I a peace builder? Focusing on education. Well, dear listeners, thousands of years ago, Confucius said, education breeds confidence. Confidence breeds hope. Hope breeds peace. Now, segue to today. Wisdom for today, stated by Nobel Peace Prize awardee Malala Yousafzai of Pakistan. You remember that young Pakistani girl. She said, you must fight others, but through peace, through dialogue, and through education. See, very important. Education is so crucial for peace. I have also been tracking the agenda of our presidentials for women and girls. Well, sadly, not much coverage in the news about their agenda for women and girls, except for Vice President Robredo. Don't you think that's weird, dear listeners? After all, at least 50% of the voters are women and There's really not much on this presidential's agenda for women and girls. That's really, really weird to me. So education and women. There is a proverb, I think, from Africa. If you educate a man, you educate an individual. But if you educate a woman, you educate a nation. So education and women. Two very important factors for peace and development. You know, I don't, I don't think I've ever told all of you, but I am a member of the Board of Regents of the Mindanao State University, which was established by law in 1961. There are only two state universities in the Philippines. The University of the Philippines, which was established in 1908 and has campuses throughout the country, and the Mindanao State University. MSU was mandated by government to advance the cause of national unity and actively pursue integration through education in Mindanao, particularly for Muslims and ethnic communities. Now, recently, at the board level, we approved a charter which we want Congress to enact. And that charter has a very urgent peace-building mandate. 
since most of our campuses are located in conflict-affected areas. So MSU will not just provide educational learning and employment opportunities for young people, but will also create and extend initiatives that will pave the way for a peaceful Mindanao. Today, MSU has campuses in very strategic areas in Mindanao. The main campus is in Marawi City in Lanao del Sur. I think many of you will remember Marawi because of the Marawi siege in 2017, which is really a shame because Marawi is such a beautiful, beautiful city. It's so cool, perfect for vacationing. So our main campus is there. And then we have a big campus in Iligan City, the MSU IIT. And let me tell you, this campus is an award-winning campus, getting accolades, not just nationally, but internationally. We have a campus in Tawi-Tawi, which excels in marine biology. We have one in Misamis Oriental, MSU Naawan, also a leader in marine bio. We have a campus in Maguindanao, and Maguindanao is the seat of the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region of Muslim Mindanao and the seat of the Moro Islamic Liberation Front. We have one in General Santos. They're good at the agriculture and uh, some levels of technology. We have one in my home province of Sulu, and we have one in Sambuanga, Sibugay. I have been a very vocal voice on the Board of Regents for MSU to do more outreach programs, particularly in peace building and empowering women and girls. So you ask me, how has MSU implemented its mandates to educate and to strengthen the foundation for peace in Mindanao, particularly in the conflict-affected areas. Boy, you are in luck. We have two well-known, and since you can't see them, beautiful MSU academicians who are respected for their work on peace-building, not just education. First, let me introduce by Hejira Nefertiti Limbona. She's the chancellor of the MSU Maguindanao campus. She has a PhD in public administration and is an alumni of the very prestigious bridging leadership program of the Asian Institute of Management. Her friends call her Popoy, but don't call her Popoy, call her chancellor. She deserves to be called chancellor. And by the way, she is one of the youngest chancellors elected by the Board of Regents, if not the youngest. And boy, do I remember how exciting her election was. Our second guest is Ms. Yasmira P. Muner, the acting director of the Institute for Peace and Development in Mindanao, or IPDM. And she's an assistant professor in Department of Political Science. She earned her master's in governmental science from the School of Yusuf Kala, Universitas Muhammadiyah, Yogyakarta, Indonesia. 
Her research interests include post-conflict governance, hmm, peace processes, social movements, and political dynamics in the Bangsamoro. Both ladies wear many hats in their communities. Educator, first and foremost, peace activists, bearers of the Bangsamoro's cultural, political, and development aspirations. Welcome, Chancellor Popoy and Professor Yash. Hi, um, good afternoon. Assalamualaikum po everyone, to our guest and to um, those in the Zoom right now. Magandang hapon pong muli. And thank you for the invite po, Ma'am Regent Amina. And hi, Ma'am Yasmira. <laughs> Sa Zoom lang tayo nagkikita, but um, we do um, see each other often in our engagement on peace and development. Hello! Assalamualaikum! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No, um, happy, uh, happy celebration of the one of the most celebrated Islamic holidays, Eid al-Fitr. And I'm so happy to be here, no, to, to basically, and of course, I'm honored to be, to be sharing the same platform with my kind of empowered women at that and peace educator, Mom Amina and Chancellor Kijara. Magandang, uh, magandang hapon po from the Philippines. Thanks, Yas. I'm so glad that I have the two of you to share this, this hour, uh, this hour uh, with. And it's not just because I want to talk to you about education and, and elections, but I want your inputs. Okay, so I follow social media and I know the two of you follow social media very well because I see your postings all the time. Now, on social media, I have noted, I don't know if you've noticed as well, a rise in comments that seek to prevent women's role in leadership, women's participation in decision-making, even in higher education. Yet here you are, the two of you, very successful in the field of education. So can you share with our listeners your experiences as a woman in the academe? What were your challenges and how did you overcome these challenges? Why don't we start with uh, Chancellor Popoy? Hi. Um, I think the, the, the most challenging part is um, it's always in whatever institution or in whatever engagement you have, whether in the community or, or at what level. It's always a room full of men. It has always been like that. And when it comes to higher education institutions, um, when it comes to politics, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to politics, when it comes to governance, when it comes to engagements with local government units, I cannot say hundred percent, but almost hundred percent of local government units do not recognize the role of higher education institutions in their um, community, in their uh, development plans, in their development programs, in, in research especially. That's the most challenging part is how to engage these um, local chief executives and how to make them realize the role of universities in socioeconomic development, especially when it comes to uplifting the lives of their constituents. The struggle is, I remember very well the quote, um, um, are you familiar with the TV series Scandal? It was um, by a very popular 
um, creator. I forgot the name. But um, there's a line there that has struck me the most. Um, when the, the daughter was um, arguing with, with a, a character opposite her, um, she said, uh, the opposite character um, said, you have to be twice as good in order to get half of what they have. So as a woman, as a woman and uh, leading an institution, I am feeling that it's always been a room full of men. And it's always been a whisper, not necessarily um, being talked about. But how do you say this? Mag-usap muna tayo. It's when people say that, ibig sabihin, usap muna kami mga lalaki. <laughs> Yan yung palagi nga yun. Yes. To our, to our listeners who, who don't speak Tagalog, it's, uh, that means, let us talk first. Mag-usap yes. tayo. Let's talk first. So it's, they're referring only to men. Yes, yes. It's a, uh-huh. it's a subtle hint that let the men talk. And then we'll discuss with you what we ha- what decision we have made. That's the code word, uh, the code word or the password. Let's talk first. How do you manage, Chancellor Popoy? How do you hold your ground? <laughs> um, I am very impatient when it comes to um, exclusivity, and when it comes to gerrymandering, when it comes to uh, delaying, because we have uh, the the other tr- struggle is. Um, uh, later, later. That's that's always been okay. Later, we need to discuss first. We need we need to talk about this first. We need to convene for those words, those excuses. And I have always been very vocal that the life of those we chose. I'm using the words the life of those we chose to serve cannot wait any minute longer. We need to act now, and we need to act fast because we are. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years behind from our counterparts, from other countries, and from other cities. I've, I've always been very vocal that when it comes to communities led by Christians, they are more progressive compared to the communities or government units headed by Muslims. Yeah, maybe maybe that's, uh, that's also influenced by the very extreme fundamentalist interpretations of Islam that have come from our brothers in, uh, in Saudi Arabia and, uh, and other uh, Arab countries. But you know, Jansi uh, Popoy, there's a quote that you can use if you want to uh, one-up those men in the room. Uh, there's a quote that says, the goal of female education must invariably be the future mother. So education is so we can have good future mothers. You know who said that? Adolf Hitler. <laughs> so you might want to counter with that. Now let's go from, from Maguindanao. Let's, let's go to Ronald uh, Lana Norte uh, with, with Yaz. So Yaz, yes. uh, share with us naman your experiences as a woman in the academy. What were your challenges in uh, MSUIIT? You know, um, as a young woman from a minority, you know, uh, the, the challenge of uh, the, the gender issues in a conflict-affected area. No? Because uh, just to share with the listeners, no? I live in an area that is not part of the jurisdiction of the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region, but um, it's where 
the camp, one of the largest camp of the Moro Islamic Liberation Front is the Camp Delal. So I've experienced war in 2000. You know, I was I was then at the time high. Uh, I was first year high school in a Catholic school, and during that time, I was still trying to understand my purpose, my identity, my faith, and I did not understand why growing growing up in a quite a heterogeneous community and during the war suddenly people would our neighbors would discriminate me and my family just because we're wearing the hijab or like uh, you know we say alhamdulillah or allahu akbar and you know that kind of like pieces them off and so that was the challenge that i turned into an opportunity for me as a woman to understand my calling as an educator so I pursue my college education in political science, where it truly is politics is very personal. You know that politics is a power struggle, and oftentimes the hardest part of politics is actually what you think you can or what you think you can't be. You know, so I'm very much influenced by my experience during the war in 2000. And also in 2008, when the MOA AD was declared unconstitutional. So, you know, I'm speaking from the vantage point of a very historically rooted conflict that shaped also my vision of really becoming a peace educator. Because uh, that was for me a, a constraint that I want to really break, no? where women are seen as, you know, um, supporter to the peace process and not merely direct decision makers or becoming part of those that really try to challenge the, the politics that we have, very parochial, very ethnocentric. I challenge myself because I know that we can break the glass ceiling, that we are we are not just women. We are human beings. We are leaders and we are peaceful. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned about the, the glass ceiling, because here we are, the three of us. Um, yes, you're Marano? Uh, yeah. 
Popoy is Maguindanao and I'm Tausub from the islands. So we belong Ayan, to... Maranao, ma'am. Sorry, by the way. Maranao, Maguindanao. My father oh. is a Maranao. My mother is a Maguindanao. So, so you represent two cultures. Yeah. <laughs> so we are representing uh, three, the three major, the three biggest yes. uh, groups in Muslim Mindanao. Mm-hmm. We have, the three of us, been shaped by armed conflict. We have witnessed the devastation of our hometowns. We have family members who have been uh, murdered. And uh, yet here we are focusing on peace and education and looking at breaking the glass ceiling. Let me ask um, uh, Chancellor Popoy, you come from a very political family, (laughs) as do I. So why aren't you a politician? Why are you in education? What is it that education can do to change the community that you think politicians cannot do? Hmm. For one, ma'am, to answer the first question, ma'am, Amina, I do not have the politician appeal. I cannot say things I do not need. Is that, is, is that how you see politicians? Yes. I cannot say things I do not mean. I cannot make promises. I cannot keep. Um, I cannot simply be with people that I do not want. I cannot um, go to people who I do not believe in the, the direction or it, it's the character. Character for me is very significant. Next. Having been in the political side of the family, um, the sins what side, I think, yes, I have exposed, I have been exposed by the dynamic of the infighting amongst family members, amongst other families as well, big families too here in Maguindanao. But I think my decision to stay in the academe was influenced greatly by my parents because both my parents are in the academe. Uh, that's it. And the other one, uh, the other thought is the engagement that I have seen from my mother through politics and the destruction, the divisiveness that the politics brought to families is a major turn-off. So I don't think I would be able to survive if I become a politician. So educator. The biggest role, I think, for me is to help um, the communities of MSU Maguindano how to be part of peace-building, conflict resolution, how to engage the government to be part of the government, to work with the government instead of contributing to more conflicts. Uh, The people need to know that the government has programs that are intended for them. One of the main reasons there's a conflict is because people are not aware, especially people in the outskirts of towns are not aware that there are laws past that are there to protect them there are um there are incentives there are rewards there are other government initiatives that they can acquire that they can apply for that are intended for them one of the challenges in a university especially when you have an MSU IIT a M, um, MSU Marawi a Jensen who are producing top notchers mm-hmm. um, of course you want to have top notchers but you also need to carry as much as possible everyone, each and every one of your students to uplift their lives. Would you believe, Ma'am Amina, that we have about eight IPs, IP students in MSU Maguindanao? Out of the 4,000, we have eight. 
Only eight? Yes. Huh. Why is that? Uh, they weren't able to pass their entrance exam. Uh-huh. And some who have passed cannot afford to travel to MSU Maguindanao, to the, the university. So they, mm-hmm. so they just opted to be in, in their communities and just be a out-of-school youth. Oh my goodness. Yes. So what we are doing right now is how to make these IPs who are not um who cannot afford to go to a university. Um we have um uh, identified an IP community. Hopefully they will be part of MSU Maguindanao. We are engaging other communities in the in the province of Maguindanao for review and etc and all the programs so hopefully um they would be part of MSU Maguindanao because we need to go back to the mandate of MSU the integration of muslims and the right. other cultural communities yeah. and then for a while we forgot about that yeah that's true that's true we need to pull them up also it's also a part of our mandate so um um that's what we are doing you know that's why that's why the outreach program is is uh, so crucial. A university has a responsibility to the communities that surround it, not just to to the students. So the outreach program is very important. And in MSUIIT, I know that you do have strong outreach programs for the the community. But yes, speaking as a, as a woman academician, a woman educator, do you come from a political family also, yes? No. Well, okay, so purely as an educator. I am, yeah. <laughs> why do you think that education is truly key to reforming our communities and bringing us back on, on track to peace and development? And, and what what are you doing in IIT to support that? Well, you know, Regent Amina, I believe that the highest form of colonization is actually the inability to think for yourselves, you know, and, and uh-huh. uh, becoming slaves of technology, you know. Like nowadays, it's just so sad that uh, people no longer think um, and use their brain. You know, we hello everyone. We need to do brain exercise, and mm-hmm. we cannot just Google everything. Currency, in fact, the currency of the future may no longer be oil. You know, it's it's data. But data per se, well, that speak for themselves. That we need to make sense of this data and insights is very very important. And I think it is through education, formal and non-formal, and that's what we do in IPM, you know, in, in collaboration with other centers that we do have here. In fact, we're also doing collaboration with MSU Magindana, with I, the IPDM, uh, the evidence-based peace education programs that is very, very important so that we could have more allies, not just in gender responsive peace building, but looking at things in a systematic manner and not a myopic view. We always say critical thinking, critical thinking. But you know what young people nowadays is that, okay, they could just Google everything. But you know, the thing now is because education is, and that is why I believe that to break this echo chamber, we need to really educate ourselves on 
how to think about a collective future. That, you know, yes, history is very, very important. That would inform the present. But also, the current problems that we do have is just too complex that sometimes we get held back with our past, you know, like the Bangsamore people. And so we need to maximize technology in a way that that would not also lose our humanity. And I believe that peace education, educate, educating for the future is very, very important because it would also temper the, you know, because what, what technology is, I mean, it makes life easier, but it also, it's the danger of, technology getting loose and we become so dependent on it that what happened if AI would, would take lead over us, you know? Or yes, what happens if I take away your cell phone? Uh, I mean, like, that's, <laughs> I think that's liberation. <laughs> because we need to connect, guys and girls. Hey, people, we need, you know, there's no substitute to human library. You know, because this is so sad. Like, I don't think that there will be a substitute to warm bodies, you know, uh, interacting with one another. I think we're losing that part. And in school, you know, even if distance learning or online learning is here to stay. But sorry, I believe that we still need educators and we still need, you know, learners uh, doing this dialogue dialogical education rather than banking education. So when you speak about education, I think MSU system is saying is that um, we need to also look at education as not a one-way process, like communication, you know, like we do not treat our students as, you know, coming to class with an empty head, right? So mm. they have their biases, they have their perspective, and we need to untangle that. We also need to acknowledge our biases as educators. And that's what I'm learning as, as, as a peace educator. I'm really glad that both of you are, are on the same page when you talk about critical thinking. Because, you know, when they talk about the crisis of education in, in this country, I think we are graduating uh, kids are very good at memorizing so they can pass examinations. But as both of you have been talking about, what you need is critical thinking. And Einstein, Albert Einstein, uh, was the one who said that peace cannot be kept by force. It can only be achieved through understanding, which brings us back to MSU and its desire to become the National Peace uh, University. So let me ask the two of you, starting with uh, Chancellor Popoy, what would you like to see in the Mindanao State University system so that it can really be a force, not just for educating the students so that the students can get jobs, but really developing a critical thinking population that can help us reform our communities for the better. What reforms in MSU would you like to see, Chancellor Popoy? Hmm. Where do I begin, ma'am? Or um, women teachers. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we have covered that. Do we have more women teachers in our, um, in our payroll? Uh-huh. <laughs> We have like uh, out of four vice chancellors, I have three women vice chancellors. Congratulations! Oh, thank you. Out of um, deans directors, I have more 
women than men. I'm going to give you a most recent experience. Um, we have about more than 20 municipalities in Maguindano provinces. In the Maguindano province, sorry. We wrote three letters to um, to three mayors. The, le- the content of the letters is um, asking their permission to conduct um, training for, uh, for their youth, IP youth in their areas. Um, the uh, three identified municipalities have more population when it comes to indigenous people. Uh-huh. Would you believe that we were told to wait after elections? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're too busy complaining. Yes, I, I, uh, I told our focal, I, Grant, Grant, could you inform them that we are spending money, our money for this program, for this initiative? So yes, Chancy, but you know, um, the mayor's not around, and then this person is uh, cannot make the decision, and, and you know all the excuses in the world. We have been identified. Mr. Magindana once been identified as um somebody not in Magindanao. We are. They said you can We cannot reach you. You're too intelligent for us. You, we cannot understand what you're doing, what you're working on. But we are trying to engage them through. Peace education, peace and peace and development initiatives. It's hard to engage mayors who do not understand peace and development as part of the growth of their uh, local government units. I am very um, disappointed with the the Comelec ruling on electioneering on universities because universities you are taught to be political you are taught to be critical thinkers you are taught to be part of the government agenda in forwarding your your issues and whatever you want but you cannot participate in terms of saying the kind of candidate that you want but the private institutions can do that because I think uh, universities, whether you're, you're an SUC, state university, or a private, you need to take part of that kind of politicians that you want to elect. Because it's hard to be in a community, in a government unit, with a local chief executive who do not have an idea of the role of an SUC. I am very disappointed with the neglect of these uh, LGUs. But what I would want for uh, the MSU system it, uh, to improve is um, we have different backgrounds. We have different fields of disciplines. We have different areas of focus. Now that we are gearing to be a national peace university, I think we need to take a little step back and check our curriculum, our modules, our mode of instruction, our research, our extension programs, our innovations, our innovative um, um, engagements, and make sure that they are aligned with the kind of peace that we want to be recognized as. Because peace is not just peace. It's it's an overarching um, of different minds. When you speak of peace, in a perspective on, of an agriculturist. You can ask an agriculture professor on agriculture and he can answer you while sleeping with all the what he knows. But when you talk to, to him about peace integration in agriculture, he cannot speak with you in detail. So what I, I think 
You need to That's take a step back. Internalize, Popoy. Yes, yes. You have to, you have to really integrate it because peace has to permeate. Yes, every, every aspect. And yes. it, it really shouldn't be that difficult for MSU to to integrate because you know, like uh, like I mentioned earlier. Peace cannot be kept by force. It can only be achieved through understanding. So you and Yaz were talking about being critical thinkers, the role of a university, making sure that its a student population end up being critical thinkers. This is what you need to strengthen the, the foundation for, for peace. So, so Yaz, in uh, your case at the uh, MSU Iligan, what What is your vision? What do you want to see Mindanao State University do more of so that it can become the National Peace University? I'm actually envisioning that the IPDM, you know, that is present in seven of the 11 campuses would serve as a co-learning hub mm. that will eventually enrich the robust narratives of peace-building experiences so that, you know, when, when you read a lot about peace uh, literatures, it's all about the Western experience. Right, I mean, like, right. Uh, not to mention that um, peace-building, peace studies is a baby science, right? I mean, it right. emerged in the 1990s. But as as mentioned by, um, uh, uh, by, by Chancellor uh, Lembuna that Peace building is a political process and education is something that we do not just in the classroom, but we are part of larger systems. And part also of the vision that we see in MSU IAP and the whole MSU system in general is really to make peace as a matter of policy and not just an academic exercise. Because once it becomes a national policy and, you know, it becomes part of, you know, one of the top IAPN that is part of our, um, uh, I mean, charter or part of our university code is a peace builder. And IAPN is a peace builder. It's spelled out there. But, you know, as saying I'm a peace builder and be, becoming one is a whole lot of different things. It's something that we need to, to really work on. And when you speak about peace, it shouldn't be just a, a job of the peace educators themselves, but the staff, you know, the management and the, our partner communities. And in doing that, we should not underfund peace. You know, oh, yeah. so when it becomes a matter of policy, we should right. spend more on peace, not on war. Right. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. That's right. And yet, um, well, as you can see what's happening in your brain, The aid that they're giving to Ukraine is in the hundreds of billions of dollars already, and it's all military hardware. So guess who's becoming super billionaires, trillionaires? The ones who are manufacturing the, the weapons. But, you know, I'm really glad that you, you've been looking at the 
big picture for MSU uh, on its uh, path to becoming a national uh, peace university. Now, let me tap your personal experiences being women in academe, uh, young women leaders who uh, were born and grew up in, in areas of conflict. You know very well that the rise of uh, ultra-fundamentalist interpretation of Islam is uh, creeping into, into the Philippines, and it's really seeking to curtail the rights and powers of, um, of women in girl and, uh, and girls. Within the MSU system, I've noticed that we, we don't have all that many centers for women uh, or women's studies. So if, if you could uh, redirect the programs and policies of the MSU, how could the MSU help empower the women and girls, not just in the, among the students, but in, in the community as well. What, what would you do? What are you doing uh, about it, Chancellor Popoy? Because I know you're, you're doing uh, forums and, um, and seminars on, on women's rights and women's uh, empowerment. Um, yes, uh, we do have forums. We do have enge civic engagements with other institutions regarding these forums. And we have invited guests of different perspectives uh, to help us give enlightenment in other issues. Um, what we are doing in MSU Maguindano, um, as I have mentioned earlier, what I want for MSU, the system is to take a step back and discuss on what the other constituent campuses are doing reg with regards to peace because every campus has different agenda or priorities. What would you recommend, especially for uh, women, peace, and security? Because we have a national action plan on women, peace, and security. ASEAN, in January, already announced that it's starting an initiative to have a regional action plan for women, peace, and security. BARM. Uh, the Regional Commission on Women already said that they have, although I haven't seen it yet, actually, I don't know if you have, they said they have a regional action plan for women, peace, and security. So what do you want MSU to do? I mean, as, as a matter of um, policy, so that we can empower women and not like what Adolf Hitler wants, educate them so that they can become good mothers. Strengthen the capacities of our faculty members, for one. But also not just the MSU system policy, but mm. also for the national government to provide a policy for local government units and ensuring that local government units have policies, established policies on peace and development in their respective areas. Because what good can you do when you are acting alone, when you are in yeah. a university of a certain LGU and that LGU do not care or does not care on the actions towards peace. Chancey Popoy, excuse me for, uh, for yes, cutting, cutting Yes, go ahead. But have you had discussions with, with BARM yet, with the BTA about this? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> because you've got um, women, we've got you've got women in the Bangsamoro Transition Authority. Aren't they interested? We have um we have sent a letter request on the Bangsamoro <laughs> Women Commission, the minister, uh, last March 
We are still waiting yeah, for an answer. They're, they're also campaigning. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. But uh, but the Bangsamoro Youth Commission is quite active when it comes okay. to the um, youth. Yes, they're very active, ma'am. Um, we have monthly engagements with them. But the problem is the political aspect of it, the concern ah. and the the actions of these local government units is because it's very hindering when it comes to policy making. I think the stakeholders through the local government units should conduct community and civic engagement that will allow for these local government units to craft a policy development plan for peace. Mm. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that a municipality in this province have that. I see. Especially with the Mandanas ruling. Yeah, yeah. We do not have that in our municipality and I don't think other municipalities have that framework. So the MSU can actually help yes. governments to uh, put uh, their peace and development plans together. That's, yes. that's, that's I think that's, that's a great addition to MSU policy, if I'm still on the Board of Regents anyway. So yes, let's go to MSU Iligan. What yeah. would you like to, to see? Uh, policy-wise within the MSU system or just for MSU Iligan also to ensure that uh, women, there's a focus on women, peace, and security in the development plan. I always believe in the power of thinking global but acting in a contextualized manner. It's such a, as you said, no. Um, sometimes we're very good at policies. We're the first in Asia that has the National Action Plan on preventing transforming violent extremism. And we're also the first among our ASEAN neighbor to create the National Action Plan on Women, Peace, and Security in response to the landmark uh, UNTR 1385, which is the Action Plan on Women, Peace, and Security, recognizing that women are not just auxiliary forces. Women do also fight, that there are mujahideen, there are mujahidat. And now... Snipers, don't forget. There are women snipers with the MNLF. Exactly. <laughs> right, Regent Amina and Chancellor Limbuna. So that were the days where women are told, your, your place is in the kitchen. But, you know, we can cook, we can do all those life skills just like men, but we are also policy makers. We are decision makers. And we wanted to take part in those very crucial policies that are being made. And so I think that as universities, we are in a strategic position because we are credible in the in the eyes of our partner communities, private industries, and of course, even to our traditional leaders who are eminent uh, members of the community. In the, in the context of the Bangsamore, religious leaders are very, very important. For the so-called influencers in social media is we already have religious leaders in the Moro community, so are very, very influential. That's right, yeah. And so we need to tap them, especially Alima, you know, especially women religious leaders, mm-hmm. um, mothers, because when we educate them, when we get them on board, then we educate a family. We need to be strategic in addressing this global phenomenon, you know, that is even dangerous than terrorism because, you know, violence for the sake of violence. And I think that in universities, that's, where we play a unique role in facilitating this, um, not really, you know, seeing also 
becoming naive that conflict can really be eliminated. But in a way that we can manage our conflict without necessarily shooting at each other. And that's really where I see um, MSU no, um, the facilitating this dialogue, training uh, young women to become mediators and leaders themselves, you know, seeing them mayors, governors, and even another female president at that, on that, at that, at that. Thank you. Yeah, who knows? Maybe the next female president is going to come from Maguindanao or Lanao del Norte. Never can tell. <laughs> you know, um, I like what Michelle Obama said. Um, he said, no country can ever flourish if it stifles the potential of its women and, it, and deprives itself of the contributions of half of its citizens. And this follows that UN a slogan, women lift half of the of the sky. So, you know, we've had a really fascinating uh, one-hour discussion with, with the two of you. And I just wanted to ask you to reach out to all of these um, young men, and maybe not so young, maybe young ones like me, men and uh, women who are listening to us, and encourage them about what they can do as a peace educator or as a peace advocate or generally as a supporter of uh, women and, and peace. So... What are your words of encouragement, Chancellor Popoy Limbona? I think what we need to strengthen is to help other women in capacitating them, helping other women build better lives, help them provide the right information in order to make the right decision. It's very important. We need to help our youth recognizing their backgrounds. We need to help our youth in shaping their lives. For me, on my part as a uh, on my part as a chancellor of MSU Maguindanao, my lines on my talks with the students of, of our university has always been, if you want to change your life, you need to capacitate yourself. You right. need to absorb. You need to get whatever and wherever and whoever you can in order to change your mindsets, in order to strengthen your capacity, in order to be competitive, in order to have what it takes for you to move forward. Because we cannot be passive on what is going on. It We have to take the decision we have to move in ourselves you know ma'am amina for the graduates of msu magindano this year my challenge is you get a scholarship abroad once you get a scholarship abroad i will hire you as an instructor of msu magindano wonderful yes because i've always been telling i want to improve msu magindano as much as possible i have five years hopefully be given a second term but for the five years, I want MSU Maguindano to grow into what we have envisioned it to. But having said that, I want also the employees, the faculty members, and the staff of MSU Maguindano to find a partner in MSU Maguindano in nurturing their growth. I want them to be part of the growth of MSU Maguindano, and MSU Maguindano would be a part 
of their growth as well. It's an important partnership. And as much as possible, I want their children to have MSU Maguindanao a part of their upliftment of their lives. Because the only ones who will stay in MSU Maguindanao are those in our community. MSU Maguindanao has had a first woman chancellor. Out of the four, we are three cha women chancellors. Um, when my mom took the chancellorship in 1982, before her, it was directors because we are an extension program of MSC Marawi, directors. She was asked to sit as chancellor in order to pacify the pocket wars. Uh, we as women, with whatever position that we get, we need to take charge of the decisions of our communities. We need to provide them the options that they have the power to change their lives. By the way, I cannot cook. I am not very domestic. <laughs> I, I have asked my husband uh, a few months ago. I asked her, I asked him, um, don't you have any regrets that I cannot cook? Tapos he answered, I did not marry you for your cooking skills. I married you for your brain. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really important. So in his case, he did not follow Adolf Hitler's uh, <laughs> definition of a good education. Yeah. So thanks, thanks for that, Chancellor Popoy. Now let's turn to Professor Yaz. So Yaz, what would be your words of encouragement for our That's listeners uh, out there, both young and old, men and women? That's a very inspiring, Chancellor Jaran. I really pray that and hope that men you know, just like women will also see, you know, that we are all thinking beings and that we all can do those life skills, now, regardless of our gender roles. But anyway, those nuggets of wisdom shared by Chancellor Lembuna, allow me to just say one uh, one uh, wisdom, you know, my my advocacy and my uh, profession is, is actually informed by my faith. And every time that you know, I'm invited, and, and, and also because this is an opportunity to share my vision of uh, seeing the world that is beautifully diverse. You know, as a peace educator, I always believe that if God wills, and you know, the master architect, he could, he could have created us into same skin color, same nationality, same religion, but he did not. You know, because there's a wisdom of nations and tribes so that we get to know ourselves better in meeting and recognizing our differences. It draws us, faith draws us together. And with that, 1,400 years ago, before this feminist movement in the Western countries have been fighting for the rights of women, I have already been given that. As a Muslim woman, I was told that my right to education is non-negotiable. And so, hey, young people like me, both women and men, if there's one thing that prevents you from realizing your full potential, please don't let it be. Maraming maraming salam. Thank you so much. Thanks for that, uh, Professor Yas. Well, uh, dear listeners, you've heard two fascinating young female academicians from conflict-affected communities in the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region of Muslim Mindanao and uh, Muslim Mindanao in general. Uh, one of them is uh, Chancellor of uh, the Mindanao State University in Maguindanao, named after, would you believe, a queen of Egypt, Nefertiti, who some historians say was actually a pharaoh 
not just queen, but a pharaoh. So let's see whether uh, Bayhejira Nefertiti Limbona is going to live up to her namesake's name in, uh, in Maguindanao. And we have uh, Yasmira Moner, who is a, uh, a child of, of conflict and has made a name for herself in actually it's a divided community. They've got 50 plus percent uh, Christian and uh, maybe at maximum 40 percent Muslim population, but hosts one of the largest bases of the MILF. And in spite of being babies in war-torn communities and now leaders in conflict-affected communities, still maintain that peace is the only way. They are wonderful educators, and I hope to see them grow in stature. And when Mindanao State University finally becomes a national Peace University, then perhaps there will be awards given to young girls and women in their names. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Thanks, Professor Yas, and thanks by Popoy Nefertiti Limbona. And I'll be talking to you again very soon. Bye! She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.